and welcome to the Dr. Denise Show. This is Kathleen O'Toole, and I'm uh, very proud to be part of the special carve-out series of the Dr. Denise Show, which is called On Staying Sane. And it's been, I hate that phrase, it's been a minute, because literally it's been way more than a minute, right, (laughs) to Denise? Yes, but I feel like everything's always in divine time. You know, we we go through, like, I think that's one of the things we're all appreciating. We've got to, like, react to what's going on in our world. Well, I mean, it segues nicely uh, into, you know, what I envisioned us talking about when we when we think of on staying sane, um, what's going on in our world is a lot. And, you know, I feel like probably quarterly we could say this, but this is this is big and this is stretching all across the globe uh, in terms of, you know, the impact on people. So let's let me just throw it out there to you, putting you in the hot seat that you love to be in, in terms of what are the, what are the challenges, the, the worries, the, the, you know, and I hate to phrase it all negatively because you've taught us so much about how words um, carry vibrations, but there, there is some angst that you're seeing in your practice. Would you, with what you can share, Will you share yes. and you help us? Yeah. Yes. Well, a couple things. If I actually, even when you're we're segueing into this, I am feeling deep empathy for anyone on the planet that is a victim of hate, racism, disunity, whether it's in our country or abroad. I know that last year in 2022, I did some shows with you know, someone that had relatives still in Ukraine and she was a former classmate of mine in medical school. And what's been, and I'm really careful. I almost feel like I'm choosing my words so carefully, like tiptoeing, because the minute I say anything, I think people are going to be like, she's pro this or she's pro that. So I want to really preface that as an adult and child psychiatrist, I have that part of my life and I'm also a mother. And this On Staying Sane series is to talk about how to cope if you are feeling like you're can identify with any of these world events. So specifically recently in my practice, um, you know, I don't have anyone in my practice right now that's been bringing up how they feel um, that's of certain backgrounds, but the people that are, meaning there's the, what happened in Israel with the Hamas, and I have people in my practice um, that are very proud to be Jewish and have family or friends in Israel. And I've been holding sacred space for what it feels like for them. And one of the big biggest things that's happening is the, their own care and concern and love for all of humanity. And this goes back to my, I've, I haven't brought this up in a while, but I, the DBA for Ascension Media is now uh, is now love all kind. So whether someone's Jewish, Palestinian, Irish, <laughs> black, white, Indian, like the love all kind concept is for all sentient beings to have peace on earth. And what's been really troubling to some of my clients is the level of anti-Semitism, and they even feel like they can't speak about it because they're mortified at what's going on over in Israel. So they're afraid that if they give their, because no, no one in my practice, no one I know wants to see innocent civilians or children or anyone die or be, um, you know, victims of war. 
so I just have to tell you, I've been holding sacred space for people who are actually in terror, people that are taking down anything that shows that they're Jewish. I also, um, I don't want to get too, I just want to do broad strokes with that just out of protecting confidentiality. And they, there's layers of also generational overlay, depending on what age you are with whatever cultural background. And really, it's also about just, are my kids going to be safe? Am I going to be safe? And I think that applies to whatever your background, whatever, whoever you are, if you're Palestinian, if you're from Israel. So I don't even, I'm not, I don't want to get into the political part of it. I just want to say I've been holding sacred emotional space for people that are afraid of hate crimes, people that are afraid to even show going into this holiday season what their belief systems are, people that are afraid to travel and people that are having like some like panic issues with even wanting to leave the home. So, you know, I know that you, a big part of your practice is college students and um, we're seeing a lot of uh, disharmony and um, not respect for our fellow sentient beings on college campuses And I think that there's a lot of people, especially our young people who, who were growing up in a, in, you know, a more enlightened uh, period than previous generations. Right. Correct. And they, they felt a lot of inclusivity and like that, that their school would be a safe place for them. Yes. I'm hearing this voiced in the media through, you know, watching interviews with, with college students and, they're finding that this is not a safe place for them. They don't feel included. They feel excluded at the very least. And at the, you know, you know, we've seen violence on campuses and we've seen an arrest this week uh, pertaining to hatred on a college campus and alleged threats. Walk us through how that, you know, that this generation of say 18 to 23 year olds, how this is kind of, uh, uh, help us understand the generation, understand what they're going through and then what we can do to help them. Okay. So a couple things, I want to expand that out to maybe even a little bit older, uh, just that whole time frame. And I, I'm just going to speak from something I know from someone I know, because I don't have... I haven't interviewed a hundred college kids, but I will say with broad strokes that if you're very far removed from anything like the Holocaust or um, different, if you haven't like come and immigrated, like I have friends, I'm going to just, I'll piggyback to your question. I have friends that are, um, that left Iran. I have friends that have left Egypt. I have friends that have left different countries that did it because of out of hatred and fear for their life. And they're more closer to my age. And so for the college age group that you just discussed and someone that I know that's almost in that age range, um, I was helping them process different perceptions and how they've grown up with their parents saying, don't forget history. This can happen. Don't forget. And what they said, which I think can apply to what you're alluding to is that they didn't realize how real it was. They didn't realize how real the hatred was. It's like right. they almost thought we're in 2023 now. Almost we're past we're, this. We've we're past it. Past this. Beyond. Like everyone's almost like in shock. 
It's like literally getting punched in the face. And it's not just the people that I know that are feeling like this is getting punched in the face are from all generations. But I do think it's really tricky, Kathleen, because neither you nor I grew up always being attached to our iPhone where we can get our own version of PTSD if we want, if we just click, we can't escape it on Instagram, anything. We can accidentally see someone getting killed. Oftentimes, um, the clips do say, warning, this could be very disturbing. But I feel like that's like sometimes the human mind is almost like addicted to the grotesqueness of the reality of humanity and the hatred and the violence and the killing. And so I think the younger generation that you just asked about, if they're getting their, wherever they're watching their news, whenever anyone sees a child or a family or a group of civilians killed, no matter where they are on the planet, that is going to ignite survival. That is going to ignite what is going on. So I think no matter, and I'm being very mindful because I'm not, I don't, I don't want to be political. I'm all, I'm about love all kind. And the way I help the person in my practice walk herself through it is we discuss, I'm like, well, you're resonating at the vibration of peace, unity, love all kind. Her family's even helping on both sides with injuries that they're very fortunate to be able to help fund hospitals. And we discussed solidarity I had her like do a grad like a gratitude journal so she could figure out how to get up every day. And we I have her listing all the positive things where when people from either back background in that part of the world are helping each other with an injury. What are people doing that are humanitarian? What are people doing to help save? What are people doing to remember um, their own cultural values and not be afraid? but they don't have to align with death or align with war. So it's a very, it's, it's kind of unimaginable. And also if you're a younger generation and your parent or your grandparent, or you have relatives that were lost due to war, and this is anywhere across the board. Like that's why I wanted to broaden it out to people. I have um, people that have left countries because they were um, a certain religion because they were having hate crimes in their country. I've had people completely need to redo their entire professions, friends of mine that were doctors in different countries. And it was for all different reasons. And I'm purposely not even mentioning the, all the different backgrounds because I'm not trying to ignite disunity. My intention is harmony. And that anytime someone's on the, like your world gets taken, you know, those snow globes, when we're little kids and they're like so peaceful and then you shake them and there's all this stuff just kind of coming at you. When someone all of a sudden is not living in the reality that this kind of war could happen or this kind of hate can happen, all of a sudden they're a victim of hate. They don't know where they're safe on the planet. That is the biggest thing. They don't know where I'm going to say it two more times. They don't know where they're safe. They don't know where they're safe. And I've been helping people create in their mind, what are their daily routines that make them feel safe? Who's in their inner circle? And even I have people that are younger that are disagreeing within family members of how things are being handled in that part of the world. And it doesn't mean they're not proud to be their background, but they're just not happy with the leadership. So then even how do, in the time when you're not feeling safe, 
with your background, how do you engage with family members that have different views on how the war should be handled? And so I'm helping walking people through kind of the animalistic sensory perception of, and I can't imagine, I just want to say for everyone out there, I have never lived in a country where there's bombing going on, where there's terror constantly. I mean, I do, of course, I've been in through bad neighborhoods in the United States, but I just want to say, I, I don't even, I feel like I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone listening that would be like, well, Dr. Denise, you don't even understand. You've never lived through this. So I just want to say I haven't, but I've been helping hold sacred space for people who feel unsafe and hated. Right. You know, you, I was going to ask a question based on, on what you were talking about, how, you know, the, uh, how a lot of people when they're going through their, you know, online and they see the vitriol. And what I was, what I was going to say is that what's kind of a new, you know, really unfortunate element of this is that people are now seeing this not on their feeds. They're seeing this up close and personal. Um, I have a call, a former colleague of mine, his daughter is at a very big university in California. We can name it. We, we don't have to, but, um, you know, she, she has video of the, of students marching as she was walking across her campus. And it was, I think, I mean, she didn't say it quite like this. She did write a letter to her student newspaper, which was very brave, but she saw students marching and they were, they were shouting something along the lines of um, there is only one solution. And that really triggered this girl. And it wasn't in her feed. It was right there. People yes. who two weeks ago she was elbow to elbow with and didn't know of this hatred that they have for her and her background. Yes. And so that is, I think, you know, because all the time we, you've been so excellent with helping us with mindful ingestion, like, you know, the news, those bombs, how much should we watch? What should we do? We, you know, and you've helped us take stock in this, but what we're seeing or what many of these students are seeing, uh, these, you know, at college campuses in California, New York, Florida, and there's, they're actually, you know, they're, this is a generation that doesn't do a lot of social interaction. And all of a sudden they're seeing this hatred up close and personal. It's gotta be like shocking on so many fronts. Oh no. It's like beyond unsettling to the point where I had to walk someone through compartmentalizing. And this is a mom of kids that age. And we had to unpack it and going into the holiday season, they're taking down things in their home that would identify them as Jewish. And I'm even, I was even like, I'm just going to be really honest with you. If you have another background or if you're Palestinian or Muslim, I mean, I'm not trying to be against you. I'm just telling you the reality of what people are confiding in me. So I just, that's how frightening the world is. The minute we say one thing or another, the, the level of zero to 1000 takes yeah. someone down. Yeah. I want to kill you. I don't care about you. I mean, people are afraid to a level. And I, and then I, so for me personally, I'm just going to give a tip and tool. Yes, please. For, so, um, we I always call these the freebies from the doctor. <laughs> well, we didn't actually do a show. So for instance, anytime that there's a first responder, anytime someone's passed away, 
any time where you kind of were blessed to still be alive or you went through something. My tip and tool that I did with my son when we were, we were very, very fortunate to um, escape and evacuate out of Maui during the Lahaina fires. I'm going to put my hand on my heart right now, take a deep breath. And what I do is I, when we were driving to the airport and there were four different fires that day, the way it was handled was horrific. There was a fire in Kihei, even where we were staying. And we woke up to, you can now go back to your homes. I didn't even know we were supposed to evacuate because I wasn't. So at that moment of now, that wasn't a racial hatred, but it was a life and death situation. And I handled it moment to moment. And as we were going to the airport and safely evacuating, my son looked at me and said, well, we didn't die, mom. I go, no, we didn't. And I said, but mom, because there was helicopters in the air, there were fire trucks going the other way. And I'm like, how are we getting so gracefully, how how blessed are we that we're going to make make it out safe? Like, I couldn't believe it, right? And I had my hand on my heart and I said, Karen, let's just take a moment. I'm, Mom's putting her hand on her heart and sending love to the first responders that they're going to be safe. And also I'm sending love to anyone who just passed away or anyone that's suffering. And so when I'm talking with my clients, when I'm living in the real world, um, now if you're a college campus student and you're afraid to go to class, that's different. Let's flag that in just a minute. But for me, we have to figure out our own way to do a day on planet earth, whether it's in person that we're having a threat, a racial threat, a weather, inclement weather threat, a hurricane, we have to figure out a way to stay safe and to get to the next safe moment. And so we have to have our own tools in our toolbox, like that brave soul that you just mentioned. Wow. Way to go on saying, this is how I'm feeling because you need to engage some sort of authority to help you feel safe. Right. So I feel like the, the, the mindful pause, whether it's in person or not is to be grateful you're alive. So, I mean, that it's that simple. And then the people that are telling me with all the hatred, they're trying to figure out how to, like, how are they going to go into the holiday season? How, and also, th- some people are so disgusted with Earth right now, like the whole, all the things going on the planet, all the hatred, what, what we've called the pulse of consciousness, that they're just trying to find sanity in their own day. How do I stay sane? What are the simple things I can do to be happy? How do I do my good nutrition, my good health, my version of prayer? And I have, do you want to say anything before I have one more tip? No, no, I could use 10 more tips. <laughs> okay. So I have a concept and I I haven't been doing like reels because it hasn't been my neuro style yet, but I have what to help myself stay sane on earth. I have what's called moving altars. And by the way, if you don't like the word altar, because it seems too religious, mine's more like moving mindsets where I have bags and I even have merchandise that'll be coming out soon. But whenever I go somewhere where I want to get inspired or creative, I pack a bag and in my bag are all the things that make me feel happy, kind, safe, motivated, and inspired. So whether you carry this in your bag or like, let's say, let's say one of your relatives passed away. And butterflies, like my father, I believe when I see butterflies, I think of my dad, that he's protecting me. So if you're here on a day on earth and you have your own version of like a little bag, a happy bag, an inspiration bag of you got like, I'm okay bag, whatever you want to call it, 
or you're, you can do things in real time that are more material, solid things, like whether you wear um, a piece of jewelry or an outfit. And every time you look at that, that can be a reminder of who you are, what you stand for. And so I have with the love all kind, there's going to, there's a bag called love all kind, but that all kind, when I wrote love all kind, when I wrote a prayer back in 2015, it was a shout out to all sentient beings in the universe to have the highest level of peace and self. And so, but we can do that in our own unique way. And yesterday was the day of the dead. And right before I go to my dear, dear friend, Beverly, who, um, Hand on my heart. We lost Al, who I've did a little short show on the Golden Thread about how important our ancestors are. But then my dear friend lost two other people like two weeks ago. One was a family member, and then one was another friend. And I packed a moving altar yesterday before I went. I let things drop into my awareness, and I brought two things that I didn't know, but my intuition must have known that were so significant. It turned out it felt as though it was from Al, even though he's not here. I gave her this handmade um, coaster that had the the little character, like the little cutie pie Mandalorian with another thing. And then she, I didn't even know that she had given him this. And then I had a little star. And she so, so if you are feeling like upset or sad, like one of my, um, someone that I know with how they're feeling about what's going on in the war, right? They're creating their version of a sacred space altar or inspiration shelf. And I had them put all their different generations of family. And I also, they're putting things that remind them of their culture. They're writing notes. I had them because there's such a differing opinion of all the generations in their family of how things should be. Um, We came up with a unity letter that they were going to write to all their family members with a beautiful picture of the relatives. And then she believes that spirit still exists. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, if you're listening, whatever your background. I said, at any time, you can call upon your relatives and ask your version of asking the universe for love and help. So we came up with a nice plan that includes an area that reminds her of what it feels like to feel safe. And then she's sending letters out to family members. She's going to up her. And then I... For some of my patients that I do therapy with, I have stationery and if they, or cards, and if they've done something exceptional or something great, I'll write like a one liner to them and I'll have them write themselves like a love note or it's going to be okay. So I help engage a multi-sensory approach of how to feel safe or how to feel okay, or how to feel inspired on a day on earth. That's wonderful. I'm just letting that soak in. And I'm thinking of how, you know, how, um, how we can, you know, extrapolate that, how we can put this on these more intense feelings of, of insecurity and not being safe. And I think some of it's probably you walk them through routines, right? Uh, Things that they feel, if I do this, I feel more comfortable. And if I um, avoid doing that, does, does that help? Well, I'm going to say this right now, back to the more really extreme, because I because the tips I just gave are really helpful if you're not in a place that's a war zone, right? Or so, and I'm not in a in, war zone, like a very so, vitriolic, yes. violent situation, correct? Or where you feel that it could bubble up at any time, correct? 
So what I want to say is that from other friends that I have and stuff that we've covered years ago, there are people walking the planet that have felt unsafe their entire life based on their skin color, that they feel like they're going to get pulled over by the police or there's going to be a hate crime or yeah. if someone's um, trans and they're uncertain. So I just want to, this is why broadening it out to love all kind that I want to have um, sincere empathy for anyone who wakes up on a day on planet earth whether you're in a war zone or you feel like earth is the war zone because you have a certain skin color or a certain belief system. Yeah. So back to the college example, I think if you're um, a student or a young adult on a college campus right now, and you know that there's a level of hatred and that you could be a victim of crime, you're going to have to assess your own kind of stop, drop and roll your own spidey senses and listen to your gut. And you might need to not only contact your school, you might have to contact your teachers and you might need to see if there's a way you can finish off the semester on zoom or do, if you're that feeling that unsafe, I know that I've had college students that have gone through different mental health crises. Like say if someone had been feeling suicidal or they're having such severe learning issues and we're coming towards the end of a semester, you can go, to your administration, you can go to um, student mental health, you can go to your dean, you can go anywhere and you can say, this is how I'm feeling. What can you do to contact all my teachers, engage your family members and come up with a new education plan? You have to protect yourself. If you do not feel like it's safe on your college campus or safe wherever you are, that is number one. Do never, if you, and don't, in this day and age, we've seen so many shootings, hatred, kidnappings, that if you and your gut feeling feel like you are not safe, adapt your education plan, figure out what's going on. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you get all the right professionals, attorneys, doctors, they will have to adapt your education plan for you. They will. So I just wanted to say, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, this moving little altar thing in the shelf. Yeah, right if someone's going to like take me down violently. So I wanted to make sure we had like another uh, way of discussing this kind of a a brass tacks way, but let's not discount, you know, your, your, your moving uh, workspace, your creative, you know, you gave it some other terms for people. That's part of it too, because you got to, you you also have to, you also have to protect your mental health, right? Your safety is, is number one. You don't have yes. mental health without a sense of safety. But after you get those pieces of the puzzle in a better shape, then you you cannot neglect the the toll that being the, the stress takes on your mental wellness. Yes. And let's actually kind of really integrate some of the things you brought up. So number one, safety is of utmost concern wherever you are on the planet. Make, you know, if you're able to stay safe, like the food shelter, clothing, bomb shelter, at campus, maybe go to class, not go to class. Then you discussed routine, the importance of routine and mental structure. So, and we can organize which thoughts we need to let into our mind and which we don't. So the other day I was unpacking the fear factor of someone being a certain cultural background and we mapped out their day based on the reality of who they were seeing, who's in their inner circle, how to talk about these topics. 
and a know your audience. We literally wrote down, like I said, let's know our audience. Who in which family? I'm like, oh, I don't think you need to. Now you know that response of that family member. Do you really need to bring it up and argue anymore? And they're like, no. So we came up with a reality-based know your audience with how to discuss things. Then we looked at their work schedule and they were not eating. They were not. So we went back to the brass, like make sure you're getting exercise, exercise, and then your own version of prayer. For me, the way I stay very creative and that's for another talk is, is still these packing the bags. I created this beautiful, happy fall autumn. I was a bit stressed because um, I, I, well, I'm just going to say I couldn't do as many. I had to cancel about seven interviews this fall and move them so I could hold sacred space for the family member, family friend member death. So I prioritized being a good mother and also going and being there for my friend. So I gracefully told people, I'm not in the space to do a great job with your interview. I'll get back to you November, December. So like, let's say your own mental health, you're too stressed because of what's going on in the world. And you, you can move certain things to another time so you can be more reverent. Pace yourself at the cadence that's realistic. And this is whether there's war, whether there's something going on, or you have a death in your family. Right. Ask for that sacred space. And it's hard for me now because of my perfectionism. I have like seven books from these people that have won Nautilus awards or people that, and they they want me to interview them. And I, and my new coping strategy is I'm going to put the books in the closet and I'm going to take one or two and do one or two of those interviews this year. And then I have got a new structure for my show and I just have to like be okay that I can't, I, I love interviewing people, but I still have to provide food, shelter, clothing for my son, see patients. I need to be, I want to be a great friend. I always prioritize my friendships over monetary gain. So I think if you have your own value system, when you're going through a crisis day on earth and you stay true to what I call your in, in your own in integrity, that in itself creates a safe space. If you, if you stay aligned with your values and you're not feeding into hate and you're still being kind, the other thing you can do, this is back to the college campuses Because I have people that are so upset that feel like people, if you're not from that part of the world, you don't even understand the levels of hatred on both sides. Like, like I have people that are mad that people are marching and are just taking a side because they don't even understand it. And then they're like, wait a second, I don't understand them. They don't understand me. And so where's the compassion in that? So instead of getting more hateful, Stay true to your own integrity. Make sure you're safe on your campus. Make sure you're doing your holistic health routines. You can still put your hand on your heart. And even if someone is hate for you, you can actually create a field around yourself. I've done that when I was in, um, this is going to sound like a little funny. I'm just, I was on a business trip recently and I was in an environment that's not my place. I'm not into casinos or any of that, but I was honored to be Um, a guest speaker, I put a snow globe around myself of love (laughs) so that I didn't take on the feelings because I can feel the feelings of the suffering of addiction and things. So I had these little tips and tools where after I would go out and socialize with people, I'd go back to my room, change my outfit, 
I had my little moving altar with love all kind, my stickers. I created a really happy space in my room to make me feel good. So you can do this no anywhere, anytime, your own coping strategy. Just stay with what's true to you. Well, speaking of what's true to you, we're out of time, but I wanted to um, say that you've been very true to yourself with this podcast and it showed we had a, you had a recent, um, a, a little tip of the hat uh, that was given to you from the podcasting world. Would you care to tell us about it? Oh, I just want to say thank you. Yes. Thank you. There's the people's podcast choice awards and I'm actually just really humble. It's, it's really a pooling. I, I did ask my dear friends and listeners to vote, but I was the Dr. Denise show was in the finals in the world for the skeptics guide to science and medicine. And, and I've been producing, doing, attracting, and it's just humbling that obviously the, the words getting out. And I, I'm humbled because I, I started this to help change the way we think, talk and act about mental health. And when you guys listen, I, I haven't even been, please write a review too. I've never been asking people to write reviews, but I just, you guys are inspiring me and same with you, Kathleen, um, knowing the journey, like as a dear friend and in the previous year's brand strategist and co-hosting, I, I couldn't do it without all of you. And also um, my son, my son's now thriving with his own mental well-being. So I'm going to keep doing the Dr. Denise show and we're going to even up our game a bit more. But obviously it's doing, it's doing like kind of like sneaky good on its own without me taking money or advertising. And I'm going to have events in the new year. We'll have a whole nother show on that. But I just want to thank the People's Podcast Choice Awards and what they're doing. And also if you're, if you have your own podcast, it's a real gift in this day and age to have freedom of speech. So let's also remember that the podcast outlet is a great place for anyone on the planet to start their own show. And you can go to Blueberry Podcasting and that's it. I just, I'm, I'm humbled. Thank you guys so much. And Kathleen, thank you thank for you. your expertise in putting me on the hot seat. Oh, no problem. Thank you guys. Remember to stay sane. <laughs>